0: Your Bibles, I'll get you to turn to uh, judges chapter Four. who's ever struggled with a victory before? a healing, a provision we've all we've all done that, haven't we? And who's had some kind words from a brother or a sister or a pastor, you know who said you just need to give it to the Lord. You just need to hand it over. you just need to stop holding on to it and give it over. And who's struggled with that sometimes? We've all done it, haven't we? So tonight we're going to have a little bit of a look at some of the reasons why we might not be able to give our problems uh, over to the Lord. And part of it's because, you know, we are natural problem solvers. That's uh, part of the human race. Uh, we We are built and designed to solve problems. And so when a problem comes against us, sometimes we kick straight into our natural mode And come up with, oh, I could do this, or I could do that, or I could go and see the doctor, or I could do that, or I could come up with this plan, or that plan, or whatever. And we try lots of different ways, and it's not until we often get to the end of our rope, um, where we've tried everything, we've got nothing else, that we finally give it over to the Lord. And it would be much easier if we did that at the very beginning, wouldn't it? It would save a lot of time, a lot of heartache, a lot of frustration, probably a lot of dollars. Um, and, uh, and it would be easy, but that's not, uh, that's not how we work. So we're going to look at some of the reasons why we do that. So the number one reason is, uh, we're self-sufficient. Or, uh, maybe we can also call that we're proud. Um, I was talking to a brother from Interstate a little while ago who, uh, had this, uh, health, health issue and, um, he didn't tell anyone about it. He told his family. He didn't tell the church. He didn't ask anyone to pray for him. Uh, he didn't, uh, and I only sort of drew, drew it out from him because I think I was calling from interstate to chat to him. And, uh, and he said, you know, I've got this, you know, I'll pray and, and, uh, I don't need uh, anybody else. And, and of course it didn't get any better and it got more painful and more painful. He ended up in hospital. And it was at that point that somebody in the fellowship found out that he was in hospital and he decided that he would ask the church to pray for him. And guess what happened? He got healed really quickly. And he realised really quickly about how much pain he didn't have to go through uh, by not being proud. In this example, and um, and and the thing is, is that God doesn't want us to be proud because God wants the glory for the victory, doesn't He? Uh, when we when we hold on to things ourselves, or we try and do things in our natural strength, um, it's about us, and God doesn't want that. God wants it to be about Him. And so we're going to read here in Judges chapter seven uh, and verse four. Um, and this is a story where God clearly wanted the victory, and uh, Gideon was uh, was set about to with an army to fight the Midianites and the Amalekites who were without number. The enemy was at without number um, and in God instead of letting the Israelite uh, army fight like they normally would, he whittled it down, he whittled it down from a big army from you know, twenty two thousand people then down to ten thousand people and then finally to 300. And no one in their right mind, regardless of circumstances, would think that an army of 300 could defeat an army without number. And we read here in Judges chapter 7, verse 4, and it says, And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many for me to give to the Midianites into thy hands, lest Israel vaunt themselves or be puffed up or proud against me, saying, Mine own hand has saved me. And this is one of the examples um, of when we are too proud um, to take God's victory. And here was an an example where God wanted the glory for what was about to come. And when you hold on to your ideas of how you're going to solve a problem, or you rely on the the trust of doctors or uh, counsel from this world, uh, whatever it is, um, there's no glory for God there. And so... When we hand it over to God, we let him have the glory. Um, and so, number one, let's stop being self-sufficient or proud. James chapter four and verse six says, But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace uh, unto the humble. All right, we'll turn to Romans chapter nine, chapter eight, sorry. Number two reason, are you afraid? Are you afraid to be healed? Sometimes we hold on to our illness and sickness, not as a badge, but it's a place of comfort sometimes. Um and um who's heard of the flight or f- uh, fight or freeze? Have anyone heard that scenario? Not nodding down here. Um uh, it's our body's natural reaction to to, to danger or to circumstance or you know, difficult circumstances and so um when Pastor Chad said, "Ben, can you come up onto the stage?" My natural reaction was to flight. <laughs> I wanted to run out the back, um, but now I'm here. I'm I'm fighting to stay here. Um, I could freeze; that would be embarrassing. So let's hope, let's, let's hope that doesn't happen. Um, but uh, I'm going to read something just about what happens, you know, to our bodies in, this, in these in these circumstances. So. Um, uh, there are the three most basic stress responses we have. They reflect how our body uh, actually reacts to, to danger, and so the goal is to evade the danger um, using one of these techniques or well, one of these stress responses. And so, when we fight, um, our body feels it's in danger um, and believes that the, the threat can overpower us, um, and so we'll respond in fight mode. Um, and our brain releases signals to the body, um, preparing it for the physical demands of fighting. And so. Um, and there's a whole bunch of things that happen, you know, when we do that. So sometimes we go into natural flight mode, right? When we're faced with a problem, uh, and we react that way. And, uh, uh, so then we look at flight. Well, what, what happens when we flight? Um, so if our body believes that we can't overcome the danger, but can avoid it by running away, like me earlier, um, you'll respond in flight mode. Uh, and a surge of hormones like adrenaline will kick in the gear and give your body the stamina to run away from the danger. Um, and then the freeze is when, you know, that the stress response causes us to be stuck, stuck in place. Uh, and this response happens when our body doesn't think that we can either fight or flight. Um, and so some of the signs of that are the sense of dread, um, feeling stiff, heavy, cold, and a low, pounding heart, with decreased heart rate. And I think all of those things clearly God gave us to natural, Beings to uh, to uh, deal with the stresses of this life um, and the danger that comes against us, um, and there probably wouldn't be a whole lot of people on this earth if, if God, God didn't give us those responses. But I'm going to introduce the fourth, the fourth F, right? And that happens to, that's faith, right? That's the one that is different to all of those other threes. Um, because it is it's an action response. Um, so we're going to read here in Romans chapter eight and verse nine. And it says, but you're not in the flesh, so you don't have to fight, flight, or freeze, but you're in the Spirit, and if so, be the Spirit of God that dwells in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. In verse 11, it says, but if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, and we know that it does, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwells in you. verse 15, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby you cry, Abba, Father. And in verse 37 it says, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him uh, that loved us. And faith comes through the Holy Spirit and through us putting that into action uh, and having the confidence. Maybe tomorrow when you're having your prayer or you want to have a read, have a read of Hebrews chapter 11. Amazing chapter uh, of faith. But it also just shows how their faith underpinned their attitudes to their approach, uh, to how they challenged, uh, then their problems. I'll get you to turn to first John chapter three. All right. So number three on my list. Do you feel unworthy? Why would God heal me? I'm a sinner. Why would God heal me? I did something wrong the other day. I've only been in the short the Lord a short time, or I can't do a 40-day prayer and fast like other people have done. Um, I've got this other big need that the Lord's done that that, you know that has the Lord hasn't healed me from yet. Why would He heal me from this little thing that I'm praying about today? Um, You know that person over there—they're a spiritual giant. Of course, they're going to be healed, but not me. We read here in First John chapter 3, and verse 1, it says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. That's why John's my brother. Um, Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. And in verse 20 it says, For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart condemns us not, then we have confidence towards God. And how can we have faith if we don't have confidence towards God? And so if we let our heart not condemn us to feel unworthy, uh, then we can have confidence towards God. And in confidence comes faith. Um, Ephesians chapter 2 says, and I won't get you to turn, um, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together, with Christ, by grace ye are saved. And he's raised us up together made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in kindness towards uh, us through Jesus Christ. For by grace you are saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. So if he loved us so much when we were sinners, before we even responded to him, before we even came to Him, before we even cared for Him, then how much more would He not heal us or provide for us? Um, Alright, I'll get you to turn next to Hebrews chapter 12. So we should be confident in that love. We should feel worthy of that love. And you are worthy of His healing. You are worthy of His provision. You are worthy for Him, uh, by Him, to change your circumstances. Number four, are you impatient? I had to do some research on this one because I don't really understand what impatience is all about. All right. Uh, who's ever wondered when the Lord's going to get it done? Lord, when are you going to get it done? Seriously. I've been praying about this for ages. We've all asked that question, haven't we? Let's read a scripture then. Um, Hebrews uh, chapter 12 and verse 1. It says, wherefore seeing we are also en- encompassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, every burden, everything that's tying us down and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience with the race that is set before us. Patience is the ability to tolerate delay or problems or the ability to suffer without becoming annoyed or anxious. So patience is a, is a state of not being things being perfect. Patience is a state of being able to put those things down and for those things to not to trouble us without being annoyed or anxious. And so you, know, you sort of wonder why is that word patience even there? Um, clearly the Lord knows we're going we're to lack it from time to time. Clearly the Lord knows that this is a problem for us. Um, and what's the absence of patience? Well, it's haste, it's a lack of contentment. And so we read you know, great scriptures about that talk about how to be content and what contentment is about, and it's a learned thing. It's not something that we instantly necessarily get. It's something that we can learn through our circumstances. And so we need to endure, to pace ourselves, to say, you know what, that thing, I'm not going to let that, I'm not going to let it annoy me anymore. I might put up with the pain. And I know the Lord's been human, but I'm just going to lay it down. Uh, And that allows the Lord to do his wondrous work in us. Okay, Numbers 11. In Psalm 37 we read, Commit thy way unto the Lord. It's a big word, commit. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass, and he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment is the noonday. Rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Number five, do we feel overwhelmed? Sometimes our circumstances can be overwhelming. Um, and um, when we're in our comfort zone, we're not overwhelmed. When we're feeling safe in our comfort zone, we're pretty good. When we push ourselves outside of our comfort zone, um, then it can get a little scary. It can get a little unfamiliar. It can be pretty uncomfortable. And, you know, our comfort zone is a, you know, is our, is a behavioral state in which we operate, um, where there's no anxiety. It's an anxiety neutral uh, position. And it's a, basically it's a type of mental conditioning about where we, where we are. And so really our comfort zone's in our head. It's, no, it's not a physical thing. It's, You know, it's in our head. Um, Being called to rely on God for your problem and not to act in your own strength is actually going outside the comfort zone. And so there's so many great examples in the Bible, isn't there, of people who've gone way outside their comfort zone um, and stepping out in faith for the Lord. Moses, Peter, um, Martha, Noah, lots of them. Um, And we read here in Numbers uh, chapter 11 and verse 10, Um, actually, no, we won't turn there. Um, I guess you'll turn to Luke 14 instead. Sorry about that. Um, just, uh, conscious about time. Uh, number six, are you too busy? Are you too busy to get your healing? Are you too busy to lay it down and rely on the Lord? I don't really have time to pray and fast about it. I'll just get this other thing done first. It's not, you know, it's not that big a deal. I'll just go to the doctor instead because that's sort of easy. Um, to do that. Oh, I can sort of I can put up with this thing for now. Um, I'll just do that. Um we read in Luke fourteen here about uh in verse eighteen it says, And they all began with one consent, began to make excuse, and the first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, I uh, must needs go and see it. I pray have me excused. And on go all the excuses about why they couldn't come. Why they couldn't come to the feast. Um and uh, um, and all of them were just about I've got more important things to do in my life um, than to seek this victory or to seek this thing or to seek the Lord. And sometimes that's our right? we're just too busy. We're just too busy really to really seek in and press the Lord uh, about what it is um, that we get, that we want to do, uh, what we want the Lord to do. Um, number seven. Are you too stubborn? Maybe you're too stubborn to really ask the Lord. Um, We read about Naaman, um, that great leader in in Syria, and how he he obviously had some some real natural talents, some real natural strength. Um, And he was a great leader and a respected man. Um, And And we read about how he tried to do it in his own strength, in his own way, in what he thought was the right way. Um, surely if, you know, this is the way it should be done. And sometimes we lay out a plan for the Lord, don't we? Lord, I need you to do this and this and this be done this way and that way. And sometimes that's good. Sometimes we're not allowing the Lord really to create something more miraculous in the way that he did, do, he does it. Um, and in fact, in Naaman's case, it was such a simple way, um, that he responded. And, uh, uh, second Kings first. Chapter 5, verse 14, then he went down. This is after, he went down and he dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, like he was told. Uh, and his flesh came again like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean of his leprosy. It wasn't really that hard, but Naaman had to get out of his own head in his own ways um, so that he could uh, he could be healed. Uh I guess you to turn to Psalm 44. Ultimately when we lay a problem down at Jesus' feet, when we hand it over, it's about trust. And what we're doing is we're not trusting in uh, this world, we're not trusting in our own abilities, we're trusting in the Lord. Um, I'm sure many of you out there have been an employee at some time, and some of you might have even been a manager at some time. And uh, if you're an employee, you can think, think of this story, if you're a manager, you think of this story, but you know, if you're a manager and you ask one of your staff members who's capable of doing a task and uh, you give it to them and say, this is your responsibility and you watch them and you look, is it done yet? Is it done yet? You know, hey, you doing it wrong? No, I wanted you to do it that way. Is done yet? Done yet? And you micromanage them um, to the outcome. How annoying is it? How annoying is it as an employee um, when that happens? So how annoying do you think God is when you Sit there and micromanaging. Is it done yet? Is it done yet? When are you going to do it? Is it done yet? What? You're doing it the wrong way. That's not the way I want it done. You should do it differently. I thought it should do it this way. I know better. That's not trust, is it? That's not That's micromanaging. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5. Scriptures we know really well. But when you read them without just, yeah, yeah, I read that before. You actually read what it says. Incredibly powerful. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. That's it. Who just got up here and read that. It doesn't get any more powerful than that. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes, fear the Lord, and depart from evil, and it shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Amen.